This is the message from Connection Community Church for Ash Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. Upside down, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. We're starting our series. It's called Upside Down. We begin tonight as we focus on you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. (laughs) So in the fifth, sixth, and seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, Matthew is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the life and teaching of Jesus. Jesus offers this extended teaching to his disciples and along with the other followers that were there. And because there were crowds and crowds of people, um, Jesus needed a little bit of time away, so we went to the mountainside a little bit apart, so he was with his inner circle. And because of that, uh, this large teaching has become known as the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. At the very beginning of this teaching of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus offers us um, what is called the Beatitudes. Beatitudes. Beatitude means blessing. And so it is this list that Jesus offers um, in ways that we are blessed. Now what's interesting here is what Jesus calls a blessing at first seems like anything but. (laughs) And of course that is not surprising with Jesus because Jesus tends to turn things upside down anyway. What he teaches is like 180 degrees of, of kind of our own reality. So that's why the title of our Lenten series is called Upside Down. Tonight, we're exploring this apparent oxymoron of how one is blessed when they're at the end of their rope. So who here has ever heard of the Beatitudes? Yeah. And typically you read, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who are persecuted, blessed are... But we're going to use the message version, at least for a starting point, just to give a little different angle on it, just because we're so familiar with the more traditional um, translations. And so the message version of Matthew 5.3 tells us this, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. So we're pretty sure not only has most everyone here uh, heard of the Beatitudes, everyone just at one time or another, has been at the end of their rope. Yeah, and it could have been even today. <laughs> and you know what we're talking about. For, for, for one reason or another, you have no time, no patience, no energy left to cope with anything. You're spent. Your last nerve has been plucked. Pity the person who requires one more thing from you at that point in time, because you ain't got nothing left. Amen? Amen. You feel like there's... Nowhere for you to turn. And then you have to wonder, how in the world can it be that it's at this point that I'm blessed? (laughs) Yeah. How is it that that we're looked on with divine favor at this point in time? How, how, How is God making special provision for me when I'm feeling so 
maybe even far from him, that God is caring for us in a unique and extraordinary way, really. It sure doesn't feel like it, does it? Yeah. And so it seems to be a complete upside-down nonsense to say that we are blessed when we're at the end of our rope. They couldn't be more at odds, could they? And yet that's what we're told. That's what we're told here in the message version of the Holy Scripture. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you. There is more of God and his rule. Mm. Just want to pause on that statement for a minute. With less on you, there is more of God and his rule. In other words, you, me, I can't any longer rely on myself, on my own strength or my own smarts or my own talent, your own stuff. We can't rely on ourselves anymore. When there's nothing left of you, who do you turn to? I was thinking about this today. We were sharing this message at Meadowcrest. It's a a care facility, so we did this service this morning uh, twice for them way different than what we're saying to you tonight, but, um, you know, my resources run out. I have a lot of energy. I can get a lot done, but I do run out. (laughs) And I think about God. God's energy never runs out. God's strength never runs out. And so, Sometimes it takes me to completely run out, to completely be depleted, to experience God's power and God's might, his strength. And it's in my weakness that that all comes together. So less of me leaves more of God and God's rule. That's a blessing. That's such a blessing in spite of how it might appear in the moment. So the more traditional translations of this passage, one of which is the New International Version, which we often use here at, uh, at Connection, um, maybe you're familiar with it. Here's how it reads. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Sound a little more familiar, doesn't it? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So our New Testament translations come from the Greek. And the Greek word that is translated as poor here is, I hope I can say this, patuhos. I got online and like practice, patuhos, patuhos. Say it five times, say it, no. Yeah. So a patuhos is a person who has been reduced to begging someone destitute of all resources, no farm, no family. Uh, One gives handouts to patuhos. Now, in Greek, there's another word for someone who is poor. The word is penes, a person who has little wealth, yet has sufficiency and is not called poor in the same sense as patuhos. Bible scholar William Barclay shares in his commentary on Matthew that Pines is the person who has nothing 
Surpluifus, that's a word. Superfluous. Superfluous. Extra. You, extra. No extra. <laughs> that's one of those million dollar words. Ooh, hundred thousand anyway. Yeah. yeah. But Patuhos <laughs> is a person who has nothing at all. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. And it's really important during times, you know, when we look at messages and scripture to take a look at what it says in some Greek and in mm -hmm. some Hebrew because it really does mm -hmm. change and it enriches what we can mm -hmm. learn mm -hmm. rather than just reading it at mm -hmm. face value. So that's why we want to share this with you. Yeah, like the working class poor as opposed to the destitute poor. You see, that's the... That's the, the word here is the destitute poor, you know, the nothing left. And, and Barclay goes on to remind us that the original language wasn't Greek, right? The original was uh, uh, actually Aramaic, but also uh, Hebrew, you know, the Hebrew language. That's where we get even the New Testament initially comes from. And, uh, and in Hebrew, we have the word, word ebion, and that means poor, but there are varying degrees of it, you know? Again, there's various levels of poor. There's poor. And then there's poor with no influence or power. <laughs> and then there's poor who are downtrodden or oppressed because they have no influence or power. And then there's the poor who have no earthly resources whatsoever because they are so oppressed. You know, that's like as far down as you get on the poor scale. And therefore, they have no choice. Here's the key. They have no choice when you're at that level but to put your whole trust in God because you, you don't have anything else. Makes sense, doesn't it? Nothing else. That's the level of poverty that Jesus is talking about here in this beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The level of poverty, not in the material, not in the material sense, but in the spiritual sense. Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Spirit. Pneuma, you've heard that word, meaning wind or breath. Spirit. In Hebrew, it's ruach. Again, wind, breath, spirit. The point where we recognize the absolute destitute point where we are spiritually, how completely destitute we can be where our souls hunger and thirst for God. Have you ever been so parched, so thirsty that it's like you can't even hardly do anything? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Parched, hunger, and thirsty. And God's saying, Jesus is saying that's the blessing. Wow, upside down. This is a good thing. This is a blessing, driving us to our knees, forcing us to humbly reach out to the only one who can help us, the only one who can fill that God-shaped hole, the only one that can help our parchedness, can fill us. The creator of all things, of you, of me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's a guy named Dr. Henry Cloud, who we've had the pleasure of seeing and hearing speak at some uh, Christian leadership conferences that we've been to. Uh, Dr. Cloud is a psychologist. He's a best-selling author, speaker, but more importantly than that, he's a Christian. He's a Christian. 
And he recently wrote a blog. It was actually, he, he's pushing this thing that he's selling, but in the midst of it, there was this blog that was very beneficial and very timely for tonight's message. It was called Mentally Healthy, Mentally Healthy Faith. It's his prescription for spiritual growth. And in the blog, Dr. Cloud said that while being seen as needy, what we're talking about tonight, needy, can, 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 be, can be vulnerable or even condemning, not everyone is aware of their own neediness. Maybe you've been there at some point or other. I know I have. I'm not even aware of how needy I am. He then says that those who are aware of their neediness <coughs> are, are the ones that Jesus is talking about in this passage. Matthew 5, 3, the, the poor in spirit, referring to the Greek word for poor as we did just previously, Dr. Cloud says the poor in spirit indicates a cringing beggar, a cringing beggar, someone absolutely dependent on others for survival. It's not a real flattering picture, is it? No. Certainly not a, a picture we would want painted of ourselves, would we? And yet, and yet Jesus tells us that those at the end of their rope, those end of their rope kind of people, are the very ones who are blessed. They are the very people whom the kingdom of heaven belongs to. Wow. Dr. Cloud goes on to tell us that living in Spiritual poverty is about living in reality, as spiritual poverty is experiencing just how incomplete we are before God. Incomplete we are before God. There are a lot of reasons for this. There, there's weakness. We have weakness. We have unfulfilled dreams. Uh, there's emotional injuries. There's hurts that we've experienced in life. Um, our own immaturities, our, our own sin... And he says that it has to do with those parts of us that are not what they should be. So that we can't really repair that on our own. We can't fix that kind of stuff on our own. We're just not that strong. And so when we experience our neediness at that deep level, that deep level, our level of incompleteness, our own dependency, that's when we kind of realize who we really are and we kind of get overwhelmed at that point. Mm. But here's the remarkable, paradoxical thing about all this. This, this type of spiritual poverty is a cure. <laughs> and it's the cure for excessive the word's narcissism, but what that means is excessive self-interest, self-righteousness, self-centeredness. It's a cure for the all-about-me syndrome <laughs> and a host of other problems. Dr. Cloud tells us that, that when our eyes are open to our own brokenness, we don't feel better about ourselves. Instead, we feel that something is terribly wrong. And yet... And this is the weird part, and yet that's a good thing. And that's a good thing because it's a blessing because according to Jesus, it brings us ever closer 
to the one who can do something about it. Brings us ever closer to God and God alone. When we are comfortably independent, and you know, most of us have been there comfortably independent. I can take care of myself. Yeah. It's very easy to feel like we've got it covered on our own. We don't need anybody's help, especially you, Lord. I got it. You worry about bigger things. Huh? Worry about bigger yeah, things. Yeah, you got other, and other people. I got it covered, Lord. Feeling this sense of incompleteness, this poverty of, 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 poverty of um, spirit that comes when we're at the end of our ropes drives us then outside of ourselves and into the arms of God as only as our own one and only true source of healing and hope. Yeah. And so that's what tonight is all about. If you're coming for a way, you know, a good feeling kind of thing, tonight is not it. (laughs) But we need to realize our desperate need for God. And when we get so full of ourselves, we get puffed up. I get puffed up. I don't need him. I don't need anybody. I can take care of things myself. And that is the center of sin. That self grandizement, that, um, you know, feeling that pridefulness, which doesn't make room for God. (laughs) And so tonight is the beginning of the journey to the cross where we take a look at ourselves in terms of two things, two ways. First, our mortality. This isn't fun either to think about. You know, but we know there is a, a start and a stop to our life, and we don't know what that looks like, and, and God does, but we are mortal beings, and that's, that's hard. Our days are numbered. Second thing, according to the Bible, Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. Well, great news, we're going to die, and we fall short of the glory of God. Makes you want to do a cartwheel, doesn't it? (laughs) We are sinners, every last one of us, and the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. And so we do die physically, and um, we can be dead spiritually, but thanks to God's grace, and we just sang about it. Because of God's grace and God's unconditional love, God offers us eternal life through his son, Jesus. That is such good news. Such good news. Through Jesus' death, crucifixion, death, and resurrection, we are given new life in Christ. Offered to us without price, that we may share eternity with God. And that is available to every single person on the planet who confesses Jesus Christ as their Savior. No one is exempt. Everyone can come to Jesus. He desires a relationship with everyone. And that grace, that unconditional love, it's a gift. Unmerited, it's pure and simply a gift. Why don't we receive the gift and open it up and live it out? It's a gift. We can't afford it. 
We don't deserve it, but it is there for us to receive. And all we have to do is recognize that we are sinners in need of a savior, that we can't save ourselves, and it's Jesus. Jesus alone came to save us. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you.